Hello and welcome to another episode of My Pocket Psych, the podcast all about the psychology of the workplace. I'm your host, Dr. Richard McKinnon. I'm a chartered psychologist and coach. And through the magic of technology, when you're listening to this, I am going to be on holiday. I'm going to be kicking back and enjoying what I think is a well-earned break in Japan. And actually, preparing for the trip has got me thinking about today's topic, which is deadlines. Now, a couple of episodes ago with Dr. Rachel Skews, I looked at the topic of goals and goal setting, and we looked at some of the ways that our approach to goals and goal setting can, can get in the way, can trip us up, can make life more difficult. But we do know that goals can be really, really effective. And one of the quality markers of goals is that they're time-bound, that there is a time frame that we're going to achieve the goal within. And that implies there's a deadline for the achievement. And, and deadlines are really front of mind for me right now. So that's what I want to look at in a little bit more detail. How can deadlines be helpful? How can they work against us? How can we be more realistic about the deadlines we set for ourselves? Or if you are a team leader or a manager or some form of organizational leader, the deadlines you're setting for other people. And what I'd like to do in, in this conversation is explore some of the different kinds of deadlines that can find their way into our lives. Maybe the first distinction is between the deadlines that we're given by someone else and the ones that we set for ourselves. And if you're anything like me, if a client asks me to do something by a certain date, that tends to take priority over things that I, I might want to do for myself, or I might let those slip. And I'm, I'm working hard not to do that, to reprioritize those things that I feel are important in my non-working life. But we've got that distinction. Deadlines that someone else has set versus deadlines we're setting ourselves. And I think, I think this is a really useful lens to explore them in because um, if someone's asking us to do something by a certain date, they may or may not have visibility of what else we've got going on. They may have picked that date out of thin air because it suits them, or there may be a really good reason why something needs to be done by that point. Another way that we can look at this is using deadlines, and this is a favorite of mine, to create some boundaries between your roles in life. There's a really simple one here, and I've referenced it already. I need to get lots of things done before I leave for Tokyo. Now, I've set myself that deadline. Um, the reason? I really don't want to work while I'm on holidays. I haven't invested this effort, this money, and carved out this time for myself to, to have an enjoyable holiday, and then to sit down every morning with my laptop and work on things that I could have done here. And I'm using it to carve out that time, and anything that doesn't get done by that deadline, it's appropriate to leave it until I'm back in the UK. But it, it might also be, uh, these are the things I want to get done by, by five o'clock today. That's a deadline, so that it's not spilling over into my evening, it's not spilling over into my weekend. It's not spilling over into a part of my life where I don't want work to be. So when we set ourselves a deadline like that, we're saying, I want to contain this activity in this period of time, and I really don't want it to enter this period of time. And when I'm coaching professionals around topics like their productivity or their work-life balance, there's often an experience where they are unofficially giving themselves the weekend to mop up things that don't happen during the week. And that leads them to work almost every weekend. And they might tell themselves stories about how that's helpful or how it helps them 
keep ahead of the game or how it reduces pressure. But, but actually, if it's important to you to have a weekend that is free of work, then all you're doing is setting yourself up for um, a, a disappointing experience on a Saturday and a Sunday when you could be doing something that is more of a priority for you in your personal life. So fundamentally, you can set a deadline for yourself to ensure that activities from one domain in your life don't spill over into the other. Now, how seriously you take that deadline and how, what kind of consequences there are if things spill over, well, that, that requires flexibility because we know that we don't have control over everything in the workplace. Some things might happen that mean that we, we miss that deadline in, in small amounts and things do spill over a little bit and it's up to us to navigate that on a case-by-case -case basis. And I guess that's another way that we can look at deadlines. Um, how seriously we take them, how firm they are, how porous they are, might things slip through. How rule-based we are about them, how flexible we think about them. Um, and all of this is really important because there are those deadlines with consequences and there are those deadlines which we might think of as more like a marker along the way, maybe more of an intention. It would be great if I was able to get all of those things done by that time versus if things don't get done by that deadline, there are serious knock-on consequences. Uh, so, you know, if I don't uh, turn up for my flight on time, uh, that's a deadline. I miss my flight and there are serious knock-on consequences. If I don't get to visit every hot spring that I've got on my list while I'm in Japan, uh, by the time I leave, there are no consequences that are really all that negative. Might be a little bit disappointed or I might have decided to, you know, change the game while I'm there and realize it's not going anywhere and I can come back another time. And we also need to look at the nature of these deadlines, uh, whether given or we set for ourselves as to whether they're kind of arbitrary or they're set with a real purpose. So personally speaking, and I, I'm, I know longtime listeners will have heard this story before, but earlier in my career, I had a very arbitrary deadline to work towards uh, that I kept referencing all the time, which was I want to be working for myself. I want to have set up my own business by the time I'm 40. And in my early 30s, 40 seemed like a very, very far away, as I think it does for many people. 40 sounded mature. 40 sounded like a real marker in life when I should have achieved something big like setting up a business. Now, this touches on another aspect of deadlines, which was um, how much work did I do to get there to meet that? Actually, uh, not a huge amount that the opportunity presented itself. Um, in a very unplanned way. And this was interesting um, because I was focused on doing something by the time I was 40, not doing something. Right? We see that distinction. I was really focused on by the time I'm 40, I want to have my own business versus I want to have my own business. How can I go about doing that? And when the opportunity presented itself, I was a little bit taken aback. I didn't know where to start. Uh, and all I was asking myself in the initial few days when this really became a realistic prospect was, I'm not 40 yet. Should I do this? Which, looking back, is absolutely nuts. But that was the problem with that deadline. I, I'd been so inflexible about it. I'd, I'd really marked it as that's when it'll happen, not any time sooner. And um, that's one thing that we need to remember when we're setting these, that we might put a, a deadline around a, a date in the future that's far away. But we also need to think about what we'll do when the world around us changes. 
as we approach that date. And I know that there are some deadlines that are very, very arbitrary and society often buys into. Um, there, there are very arbitrary deadlines of end of the week. Yeah, we'll get that done by the end of the week or one that probably lots of us experienced uh, the back end of 2023 was that dreaded phrase, well, we'll circle back and we'll finish that in January, All right? Which gave everyone room to relax a little bit towards the end of December. And I was amazed at how early in December that was happening last year, by the way. But anyway, we'll circle back in January and do it then. And of course, what happened was we had lots and lots and lots of decisions that needed to be made in January because pre-Christmas or any other holidays that you're celebrating, January can feel like a long way away. It's the nature of the way we think about time. A new year, that's over there rather than it's this many days until it's January. What are we going to do then? So being realistic about deadlines, being flexible about deadlines where that's appropriate is really, really important. And being able to distinguish between those ones, as I say, where there's a consequence that's meaningful or damaging versus one where I might just nudge it forward into the future a little bit. Now, at Work Life Psych, we define productivity as doing the right thing in the right way at the right time. It's not about doing it all, doing more, having a hustle, whatever it is. It, it is about being focused and intentional as to what we do and what we don't do. And we can build deadlines into this. We can think about how we use deadlines uh, productively because whether it's given to us or we set it, we can work back from that and ask ourselves, how will I be able to do good quality work to meet that deadline? How will I be able to start soon and maybe spread that effort over time? We can ask ourselves questions about interdependence or dependency on others. What am I waiting on from others? Who do I need to work with? What kind of resources am I going to need in order to meet that deadline? Because it can be very tempting if the deadline's more than a couple of weeks away. We can fill up with false optimism that, yeah, somehow we'll get there. I'll figure it out. It, you know, I'm busy now. That's in the future. We'll get there. And the one thing we all know, the one thing that's painful about life that we can all recognize is that just time keeps moving and we, we can't do anything about that. The deadline is approaching, whether it's weeks or months away, it's just getting closer. So uh, that isn't to put fear or uncertainty into anyone. It's to recognize the, the realistic uh, approach that's going to get us a better result, which is um, being realistic about deadlines and ensuring that Actually, we've got a very clear view on what needs to be done in order to meet the deadline. Coming back, because it's really front of mind for me, my, my trip to Japan involved multiple things to be done by a certain time. Yes, I'm going to have to check in for my flight. I'm going to have to pack my bag. And there's some things that, oh, I could leave it till the very last minute if I really enjoyed the stress, uh, which I don't, so I won't. But there are things that are imposed on me, like uh, filling in customs declarations and an immigration form online, things like that. I have no say in those, and I must do those. You know, So that's something that uh, I needed to build into my schedule and have a reminder for. And ping, it went off yesterday evening, and I managed to do it all. So when we um, know we're going to have to complete something we can distinguish between deadlines where there's a plan and there's a path we know we have to follow versus one where we've got maybe some unrealistic optimism or a sense that everything will fall together just in time. 
Now, depending on how serious the consequences are, you can take one or the other pathway there. But I don't recommend the false optimism approach for things that are really meaningful to you or things that are going to have that serious impact. Now, it's not that you have to have every step along the way towards the deadline mapped out. Um, something that I really like is this concept from David Allen's getting things done methodology, where he talks about the next action. And what's just the next physical thing you need to do to move this forward? And as long as we've got clarity on, well, the deadline's over there, but I know what the next thing is I need to do to move me forward, then I'll know what the next thing after that and the thing after that. That can help take away some of the anxiety associated with deadlines because we're not, we're not waiting for the deadline to hurtle towards us. We're more making progress in that direction. And we're becoming more knowledgeable about the journey as we go along because we're doing more. We're not just simply hoping that things are going to happen. Now, again, in, in my experience as a coaching psychologist, I regularly see a trap that we can fall into. As humans, this is not blaming anyone, but it's setting deadlines that really facilitate our uh, tendency to procrastinate because we have a gut reaction to something that needs to be done. And the first thing we do, we push it into the future and we commit to, to a deadline further away. And, and this can lead us into a pattern of continuing to push it and push it further away because of the false belief that, well, as long as there's a deadline, it's going to get done. And we're working in a bubble then. Um, what we're missing there is accountability. We're missing being realistic about it. We're not even having the conversation with ourselves that if I don't want to do this, is it something I'm ever going to do? Is it something that must be done? And I'm simply bringing more guilt um, into my life and other emotions I don't want to feel? Or do I need to change my approach here? Do I need to do something different in order to meet this deadline and stop pushing it further and further away? Now, we've, we've talked about procrastination a lot on the podcast. And, uh, you know, we need to start thinking about the psychology of it before we talk about the systems and processes we can use and hopefully use them together. But really, it requires us to be honest with ourselves. What are we trying to avoid here? Because procrastination equals avoidance. It's an avoidant-based coping strategy. And uh, by pushing something further away from us, we're not dealing with the discomfort that we're associating with the task or activity in the here and now. So when we think about deadlines, we might get a twinge of discomfort, but it's really useful to pause at that point and, and explore what it is we're actually feeling. It might be something that we find it hard to unpack and disentangle. Big deadlines that have important consequences, we might feel a mixture of things. We might feel excitement. We might feel a little bit of anxiety, um, a little bit of um, the discomfort of ambiguity. We're not sure quite how it's all going to play out. Um, but there might be some more positive stuff in there as well about, well, when it's done, it's going to feel great. Or when it's done, I'll, I'll have achieved something huge. So pausing to explore what it is we're actually feeling about a deadline can really help us understand what we could do to give it the appropriate amount of attention and focus in our daily lives. And another um, maybe final trap that I, I see people falling into all the time is, is around mental calculations and deadlines. And what I mean by this is that people um, will either um, automatically buy into a deadline because they're working it out in their head that, yeah, that sounds reasonable. I think I could do that without looking at a calendar or a list of projects or existing commitments. And so the deadline is agreed and it's in the schedule. And before you know it, you have agreed to a whole heap of things, all due 
at around the same time, if not the same time. Because remember our tendency to pick the end of a week or the end of a month to agree that that's the deadline as if they're magical days. So we, we need to be really clear when we're signing up for a deadline or choosing our own that we're not unintentionally creating this kind of choke point where, oh, wow, in order to meet all of these deadlines, I'm going to have to multiply myself. There's going to have to be three Richards running around uh, working on this. Or more realistically, we're going to have to do some backtracking and have some difficult conversations with our stakeholders to talk about why that is maybe no longer uh, realistic. Now, to be realistic, I'm very aware that many of our listeners in the workplace will have multiple stakeholders who will ask multiple things of them. And we can't control that. What we can do, though, is have a very clear uh, representation of our existing commitments. What do I mean by that? It could be a post-it note with a list of your projects on it, but a visual representation of what you've already signed up to do. And um, you can use this to have conversations about deadlines. And when it's your manager asking you to do things, then you can talk about what you've uh, already committed to, what space there is, or what availability you have. And that helps us move away from the automatic yes or the automatic I'm too busy, neither of which are going to be really helpful. So let's talk a little bit uh, in wrapping up this uh, relatively brief episode. Uh, what does it mean for you? What could you do when it comes to deadlines? I think one of the first things everyone could do is just reflect a little bit on how you're using deadlines in your life. Are you sort of casting them far and wide in the hope that at some point they'll magically happen? Or are you being more focused and using them to balance your workload, to be um, realistic about the plans you have? Uh, and are you using them to motivate you? You know, I've started talking about some of the negatives associated with uh, having multiple deadlines or using them to procrastinate. But, you know, some of us can find them very, very motivating and they can serve as sort of the end of a chapter before we begin the next one. I reach that deadline now. Let's move on to the next thing. So think about how you think about them, what you feel about them, how you're using them, how they're working for you. And maybe any tendency you have to explore the wiggle room, to try and avoid meeting them or push them a little bit further into the future. It's something I try and encourage all of my coaches to do, which is when we encounter a difficulty or a setback or, or some kind of failure, our tendency can be to get out of there as soon as possible. And what I encourage is a pause to reflect and ask ourselves, what can I learn from this so that I don't unintentionally repeat it? We, we want to get away from a bad situation. That's natural. And it doesn't feel natural to sit with the discomfort, but that's how we learn. And that's how we can ask ourselves, how did I contribute to this week full of deadlines? How did my stakeholders how did events in the world that I had no control over, how can I learn from this and what kind of conversations do I need to have as a result? Again, on the point about being intentional is to insert a pause uh, before setting yourself a deadline very, very quickly or buying into a deadline that someone else is asking for or suggesting. This helps us all be a little bit more professional. You know, when we insert that pause to say, let me check what I'm already committed to, let me have a look at the schedule, because what doesn't work so well is a very bullish, yeah, that will be no problem, I'm sure. And then afterwards to realize I've set myself up for failure and either that's going to be my life working 24 seven, 
or I'm going to have to go back to that person and disappoint them. I think it's much more helpful to ask for that pause and come back to that person and commit to it because you're doing uh, that in the knowledge of your other commitments uh, than it is to make a promise you're going to have to go back on. And we've all been there and we've been let down by other people and we wonder, what were you thinking? It doesn't feel good. It doesn't add to the relationship. And when you're thinking about how realistic a deadline is, don't neglect interdependence. We can sometimes focus on our lane. What do I need to do? I think I can get all that done. I have the bandwidth to do that. I can pull out all the stops. I, I, I. What about we? Who else, for example, will need input into whatever it is you're doing? Who else might need to sign it off? Who else's work might you need before you can make a start? It's quite easy to get stuck in a sort of a mental silo of, I can do that if I just work super, super hard without thinking about the, the nature of team, um, without thinking about maybe stakeholders that you haven't got a great relationship with or a deep relationship with, and you're going to need their input, their help, their information, whatever it is. So that is definitely going to have an impact on how realistic a deadline is. None of us work in a bubble, really, permanently. And so don't forget the interdependence point. You could today have a look at your existing deadlines. Now, how would you do that? This opens up a really important point. Um, I would hope listeners by this point know that when it comes to me and productivity as a general theme, I really, really think it's important not to rely on your memory. You need to have externalized your deadlines somehow. And so many of us will put that in some form of calendar. It might be a massive calendar on the wall. I don't know why I'm doing that. I don't have one there, but anyway, or it might be a digital calendar that you can share with others. And you can see that is the day we're working towards. It serves multiple purposes, but the main thing is you're not relying on your memory, maybe conflating things and forgetting about things completely. So go to that place where your deadlines are. And um, a handy approach that I've developed over the years working with my clients is to look month by month and at the end of a month, after reviewing the month, look ahead and identify the key events, the key anniversaries or birthdays, things like that, that you think, oh, that's going to require some action. I'm going to have to do something. The key milestones, the, the deadlines that you know will have to be met and everything works back from there because then you can see how many big deadlines are there, how many um, activities, projects, long days am I facing here? How can I use the time available to me in this month to best effect rather than coming in one day and realizing this is the week. <laughs> I haven't done anything yet. So there's this prospective look, always looking ahead to see how realistic they are and not day to day, but month to month, even quarter to quarter. It's, it's the, the joy of calendars that we can actually do this little bit of helpful mental time travel. We, we want to go into the future. We want to see what we know it holds for us in terms of the commitments we've made. And that enables us to keep them fresh in our minds, to be more realistic about what's doable and to ensure we've got a bit of a plan of action and not only tasks on a list, but time blocked out to work on these things. This helps us move from deadlines being kind of doom filled, um, homework deadlines uh, where they feel like some kind of punishment to it's the natural end point of this work that I'm aware of 
that I've planned for, that I know what to do with, as long as we do enough reflection, as long as we do enough planning. And then when we've got it all in some kind of system, like a calendar, we're able to look for bottlenecks. We're able to look for where we may have committed to too much, start doing something about that soon. What wiggle room do I have? Or sooner rather than later, who do I need to speak to about this? And also the deadlines we've got in there for which we have no plan. I think pretty much everyone listening to this might already realize you've committed to something and it's enough, it's far enough in the future that I'll get to that. But actually planning today to understand what needs to be done to meet it is going to take a, a mental load off. It won't feel so onerous once we've done that helpful thinking and planning. And there's a point that occurred to me just the other day, and this is going to apply to a very, very, very small percentage of listeners, but it's come up in our discussions before when we're talking about productivity, which is uh, the tools we use. And for managing my tasks um, for quite a long time now, I've been using an app called Things. It's Things version three. And one of the, one of the things uh, that I really like about that app and this is not an ad and uh, it's not a suggestion that you purchase this app. You can build it into your own way of working. But what the designers of things have included is deadlines. Yes, that's the deadline that this task must be completed. But you can also identify the day you want to start working on it or do it by. And that is ideal. I can't understand why more apps don't have that built in. So my passport renewal, that's the absolute deadline. Um, do I want to be reminded of that on that day? I do not because there is so much to be done. So actually, I want to start working on this three months before the, the absolute deadline because the deadline is the drop dead. The deadline in there is, is a disaster if nothing happens before it. So the key to making these work for us is to identify and then work back from the worst case scenario in that sense, to work back from the absolute date when something must be done, but to block out time well in advance so that we're not always working towards those deadlines. Maybe we're getting things done in advance. Maybe we're being more productive. And what I mean by that is we're doing the right thing in the right way. We're giving it energy and focus and attention so that it's a better output. We're doing it at the right time not at the must-do time. And that can make a really big difference to how we feel about our work. I hope you found this useful. If you have, I would love to hear about it. You can always send us an email at podcast at worklifepsych.com. If you're watching this on YouTube, because all of our podcast episodes are now in video form as well, you can drop a comment down below. I'd love to hear about how you approach deadlines um, or in your organization. What's the culture when it comes to deadlines? Have you got a a formal project management methodology that can help avoid looming deadlines without a plan? If you work by yourself or for yourself, what is it that you do to avoid those bottlenecks and those overcommitments? So the last couple of episodes have really focused on, uh, haven't they, goals and achieving things and um, habits to affect personal change and how we meet deadlines, as I've just said. Over the next few episodes, we're going to take a different path. We're going to look at something much more psychological, but also incredibly practical. And I'm going to announce it soon. I'm very excited about it. Uh, but watch this space. 
Um, but now it's time for me to draw a line under this and to ensure I meet the next couple of deadlines and start with packing a suitcase. I will see you on the other side. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this and I look forward to hearing how it landed with you. But anyway, thanks for listening or thanks for watching.